TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 515, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm Interim Chair of Communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, I'm Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Yusun from Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. All right, we're going to start off with the news, which uh, Tom has. Go for it. Okay, on ABC... Grey's Anatomy season 18 will see the return of old friends, including Kate Walsh as Addison Montgomery, who had her own spinoff, and Abigail Spencer will also recur as Megan Hunt. AMC has announced that Rain Wilson will join the cast of the drama Dark Winds. Apple TV Plus announced that Dickinson season three will be its last, and guest stars will include Ziway, who also joined the writing staff this season, as Sojourner Truth, Billy Eichner as Walt Whitman, and Chloe Fineman as Sylvia Plath. CW has canceled The Republic of Sarah, and the, they have ordered Tom Swift, the Nancy Drew spinoff, to series. Charmed Season 4 has cast Lucy Barrett as the new lead to replace <laughs> Madeline Mantock. So, who so they're going to have a new sister that shows up from... Oh, it didn't, isn't this exactly what happened exactly to the original Charmed? when Shannon Doherty got <laughs> Exactly. Uh, oh, Big God. Shot season 2 is being green, greenlit by Disney+. Plus. Fox has announced that Trace Adkins, Susan Sarandon, and Anna Friel will star in the country music drama series Monarch, and Emily Van Camp is leaving The Resident after four seasons. FX picked up Reservation Dogs for season two. Freeform picked up Good Trouble for season four. HBO Max picked up Gossip Girl for season two. Hulu has announced that The Crude's Family Tree, a spinoff of the film series, is coming to both Hulu and Peacock starting September 23rd. Uh, Demore Barnes and Jamie Gray Hyder are leaving Law & Order SVU in the season 23 premiere, and Jane Krakowski is joining the cast of Annie Live as Lily St. Regis and reuniting with her uh, unbreakable uh, her Kimmy Schmidt co-star Titus Burgess, who plays Rooster. Uh, on Netflix, Vanessa Kirby's Aluna Entertainment has set a creative partnership with Netflix focusing on the spectrum of female experience and stories with universal appeal, and she, of course, was the first Princess Margaret for seasons one and two of The Crown. Chris Hemsworth's Extraction sequel is now shooting in Europe instead of Australia because of COVID. Paramount Plus's new series, 1883, has cast Billy Bob Thornton in a guest role. Lots of Star Trek news was announced on Star Trek Day. Oh, uh, right. Prodigy will premiere in October, Discovery season four in November. It'll be the first time in quite a while that we've had two Star Trek series on at the same time. Uh, Picard was picked up for season three. Annie Wershing will play the Borg Queen in season two. And the trailer revealed the crew will time travel. And Q is also involved. Uh, Strange New Worlds will have Cadet Uhura, Nurse Chapel, Dr. Mabinga, who appeared in two episodes of the original series, and a descendant of Khan Noonien Singh. And non-Star Trek news, David Yellowell's production company has signed an overall deal with Viacom, CBS, and MTV. And the... Uh, the capstone of that is he's going to star in a Bass Reeves series, executive produced by Yellowstone creator Taylor Sheridan. 
Peacock has announced that Vampire Academy has set its main cast, pretty much all unknowns except for J. August Richards, formerly of Angel. And uh, Billy Woodruff will direct the pilot, and co-creator Julie Pleck will also direct episodes. Roku Wait, Julie Pleck official... is doing another vampire show? But it's for another... She she jumped networks. It's for Peacock. But it's still a vampire show. Yeah. Well, hey, she knows her bread and butter. <laughs> okay. Uh, Roku is officially greenlit Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist Christmas Telefilm. Yes! Uh, Matt Bomer is going to start an adaptation of Fellow Travelers from Philadelphia writer not Ron Nicewainer for Showtime. And that's it. Wow, that was a lot. Though I will say for Star Trek news, uh, Picard being picked up for season three is not a surprise at all because when they hired everyone, they said they were shooting season two and season three back to back. So Plus... Plus, Sir Patrick committed to three seasons from the start, too. So. Yeah, so, anyway. All right, I figured they were like, we better hurry up and get all his stuff. He's getting old. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start off with the shows. We're going to talk about Only Murders in the Building. And it premiered with three episodes, and then it had an additional episode. And I have to give you guys credit because this show was not even on my radar. And you started chatting about it. I'm like, oh my god, are you guys watching this? And I was like, what are you talking? <laughs> Only that's a terrible title. Actually, it's a brilliant title. It's once, a great title. If, once you actually understand what the show's about, it's brilliant. And I love the cast. I mean, they're all just. Though I will have to say, I don't know anything about Selena Gomez at all because it's not in my age range. I was like, is she famous? Should I know who she is? She was the lead on Wizards of Waverly Place. Okay. That she's means also, nothing I knew to me. Her name. I knew her name, but I don't. I don't. She means nothing name. to me. So <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen her. So for that, I will say she's I a, like her. So there's that. She's a Disney kid. Yes, just know Disney. that she's a Disney kid. Um, <laughs> she's a Disney survivor. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like the. Con- let's talk about the concept of the show, which is that uh, Steve Martin said he wrote, he designed this, came up with this idea years ago about. People, uh, a guy or a couple of three, it was supposed to be three old guys who were so old that they liked solving murders and they liked that idea and they wanted to do it, but they were so old they didn't want to, they were, they didn't feel like they could actually leave their apartment building. And so he then pivoted a little bit and added Selena Gomez to add a little, you know, age to, or youth to it. And then they, instead of them just being, uh, really liking like, murder she wrote they made it a podcast so they updated it those are the two things that they updated and i think it works really well just the idea as we're talking on a podcast just the idea that uh they were doing real true crime uh investigations through podcasts and then when something happens in their building that looks like to them a murder and the police are like no it's a suicide and so i like just them being novices having no idea what they're doing and martin short is hilarious because <laughs> i feel like he has i don't think he's really that invested in solving the murder so much as producing the murder you know yeah. and so yeah. he he comes off as super kind of selfish and not focused and but i really like that the other two are genuinely interested in solving this crime and and it's well it's so sweet i mean sweet in that it's a feel good it's a weird feel good show about a murder but it is a feel good show that's what i'm gonna say well 
I'll say since you 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 mentioned the podcast, I, I don't listen to any podcast, and I definitely, obviously, then I don't listen to murder, true crime, whatever, true crime, you know, ones. So I think we've talked about this on the show uh, a plenty of time. That I think a show that transcends like it's sort of main conceit, you know what I mean? That you're not interested in, whether it's sports or whether it's kids or like whatever. I think that that speaks to the quality of the show. Do you know what I mean? I have zero mm-hmm. interest in podcast. I mean, I mean, for sure the way they've written it. Why I are am, you talking bad about podcasts? Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm True crime podcast. I'm not saying no one should listen to it. I'm just speaking to the quality of the show that, you know, we've talked about people not being interested in sports and, you know, Ted Lasso, it definitely uses, I mean, it does, it's not just a gimmick. It's definitely about soccer and all the things that kind of, you know, satellite around it. So for me, I'm saying the quality of the show is even, you know, more present because I am not interested in any of this stuff. And, and like I said, it's, I'm not less interested in podcasts. It's the true crime aspect. I don't watch the, you know, documentaries or anything. Anyway, that being said, let me, I'll just do my quick overview of the show. I wasn't sure about it uh, right from the beginning. Uh, I mean, I didn't hate it or anything, but it has definitely accelerated with every episode it picks up. Um, and of course, if the writing is good, then you like, uh, you feel more about the characters. We talk about this all the time with other ensemble shows. It does a great job of, I mean, clearly we, we're dealing with all three of them, but like they break off into backstory, you know, uh, Martin Short has the son, and uh, and then we actually find out that Steve Martin has a thing with a sort of like a stepchild sort of a thing, and then we of course know about Selena. I don't know if we we want to talk about the yeah, twist. we do. Go ahead, go ahead, talk, talk about. Oh, okay. It. You know that she's actually very connected to the guy who died. You know, um, and that there's a whole history there. So uh, it's great. It's it's very well rounded. And the last thing I will say is, you mentioned Martin Short. Uh, he's the MVP for me because. Uh, We know that Steve Martin can do what he's doing on the show, be funny and poignant and this and that. Selena Gomez, I think she's fine on the show. I think that her... Her, her kind of uh, emo, you know, kind of uh, be, uh, bitter whatever works. You know what I mean? I love that foil. Like, there's that scene, I think, in the last episode where he's like, I really wish you would be less mean to me. And she's like, I know. You know what I mean? And so, like, that to me is really, really funny and sweet. But uh, last thing about Martin Short is I was afraid he was going to be, like, an SNL skit character, you know, and he was going to be super over the top. And he is bombastic and he is, you know, melodramatic. But he reigns it in just beautifully, right? Right to that line where it's really fun to watch him, but he isn't a caricature. So that it really works for me in the scenes where he's like emotional and it's supposed to be poignant. Like it's a really nice surprise. And so for me, the show is uh, in total, it's an actual mystery, which is fun, right? It's an actual murder mystery. Uh, and um, the, the leads are incredibly strong. It's funny and sweet, you know, and the characters are really interesting. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, it wasn't right from the get go, but I think every episode gets better and better. Tom, I love this show. And and the quote that won me over is like in episode two, Martin Short's talking to his dog and we find out that Sting lives in their building and he says, Winnie, don't stand so close to Sting. <laughs> 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 but uh, it's just uh, episode four, they really think that Sting might be the culprit and they visit a celebrity podcaster played by none other than Tina Fey. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and then it starts to get meta because in the closing credits, she's talking about her new podcast, Only Murders in the Building. Yes. So uh, um, it's crazy. There, there was a really interesting uh, review that said it's really a series. The theme of the series is loneliness. And when it starts, Martin Short and Steve Martin 
see each other but don't like each other very much and then they find out that they have this mutual love of crime podcast and then selena gomez happens to be with him in the elevator and they all bond over this thing so it's really this delightful exploration of this this friendship that span you know two older people who actually have been friends for decades as well as this young person they kind of take under their wing although she has secrets boom 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 <laughs> all right allison uh, I just I just have to add to the chorus of people who are you know praising this show because it really is wonderful and I I love the fact that it is first of all it's incredibly funny um, and and it takes a wonderful look at at people in New York uh, not just podcasts but the the whole thing of people living in this crowded city in a fully occupied building who don't seem to know each other you know they they just they pass each other. In- in the elevator and nobody even speaks to each other and then three of these people come together over this shared love of murder podcasts when this this murder happens in the building and it bonds them and i i i love the, the relationship that develops between them and the commentary that it, it makes on you know the social isolation and people being able to to overcome that and i i think it's just wonderful i, I agree absolutely about martin short I've never seen him in anything. I know I've been a fan of his ever since um, Second City TV, and he's always played these really outlandish caricatures. So seeing him play someone who is who is you know he's he's extravagant, but he's human, um, is a whole new thing for for me watching him. And he's he yeah. pulls it off fantastically. I love his character, and I love the way he's performing him. And uh, and everyone else in the show is is up to the same standard, including Sting, who was funny as hell. Uh, <laughs> yes, his song was terrible. Right? <laughs> By the so way, his song I, was terrible. I, I, he was totally making fun of himself. I love yeah. how he's like a, such a good sense of humor about himself. Oh, it was great. It was great. As, and, and well, you know, he was he just received his morning turkey. So maybe he was a little but I, I just I love the commentary on it too. Is I don't think that's going to be on your best of album. Um, but it, it's it's a wonderful series, and I'm invested in even the murder in it. Um, although sometimes it seems tangential. Uh, you know, yeah. I think you know what you were saying before that it's it's about murder podcasts, and you're not into murder podcasts. I'm not either. But it's it's one of those shows where. You don't need to be. It probably there's no, probably no. extra things that people who are into it would find funny or you know pointed about it. Um, but you don't need to to be into that to really love this show. All right, uh, I think we just all gave it thumbs up. That is so. If you well, guys aren't watching it, it's on Hulu. So check it out. Uh, next up. We're- we're going to talk about Nine Perfect Strangers, which is also on Hulu. And I feel like we did talk about... Did we talk about Nine Perfect Strangers before? I feel like we did a little. We did. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm now caught up. You guys caught up? I'm caught yes. up. Okay. So, Nicole Kidman, we already trashed her accent and stuff like that. <laughs> but what's interesting is they did a reveal that they've been doing flashbacks with his little girl... And they made it seem like it was her as a child, like the way she talked about it. That's what you believe. Mm-hmm. But in the last episode, you find out it's actually her daughter who was tragically killed in a, looks like a car accident. Car accident. Yeah. yeah. And so that kind of changes the framing of everything 
that we've seen before. And I kind of like that's what they're doing. And I love, oh, God, what is her name? She was the other big actress. Regina Hall? No. Try again. Oh, uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Her relationship with the guy, I think his name is Joe on the show. Uh, her relationship with him is fantastic. I love it. I ship it. I'm in it. That's what I want. <laughs> I, that's that's the end goal for me. I don't care about all the other stuff. Um, though the family, there is this whole cult aspect of it, which they kind of touched on with her staff at least, but with the people that she's treating, they really touch on it in the last couple episodes because somebody points out, she's telling you, I'm turning up the dosage, I'm doing all this stuff to you, and but you don't have to drink this tea if you don't want to, and every single one of them drank the tea, literally drank yeah, the Kool-Aid. Uh, and now they are tripping. All of them yeah, are just tripping, tripping out of their minds. And, and not in a good way. All yeah, and her, not so. in a good way, and she's convinced them that her way is what's going to heal them and they've bought into it. And even the woman, oh my God, Regina Hall, her story, where you find out she's there because uh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman is the one who actually slept the husband, which and and all her all that anger is actually directed at Nicole Kidman. And now well, they're hugging. Like, what is happening? But but her husband had an affair with her, which she blames for setting him on the path for ending right. up with the yeah. PYT he's with now. Right. It's such an interesting character study of these characters. And it's interesting how they balance out the episodes and kind of the stories of the different nine. But all of them have really fascinating backstories. I just, the, uh, what's fascinating, Bobby Cannavale and Melissa McCarthy, he is um, her Wedding Crashers co-star, Rose Burns, significant other. So it's interesting. And her husband plays the dude who fleeced her. Right. Oh, really? So it's interesting that, <laughs> all those off scene things are going on, but yeah, it's, I can't decide if Nicole Kidman, it, I mean, does she have benevolent intentions or is she just cray cray and taking her, taking everybody else down the path? I think she's crazy. I, I do. I think she's the fact that she has already screwed up and she's already under a lawsuit because of her treatment of someone else. And that family is after her right now. The fact that she's doing this again and doing it even more, you know, accelerated, accelerated. Yeah. Like that's insanity. Who does that? So I don't think she has her patient's welfare in mind. I feel like she's trying to prove something, which is not necessarily to help her patients. So what's it's such an interesting role for Michael Shannon because he usually plays such a serious, you know, from General Zod and Man of Steel or, you know, in, in the crime movies he's in, he's always deadly serious. Guy. Yeah. And to see mm-hmm. him cut loose Boardwalk in this Empire. role. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Or, or to see him as this family man who sings, not the best, I might add, but <laughs> almost intentionally, but it's such an interesting I mean, say what you want about David E. Kelly. The dude's rocking it right now. He's got like three shows on different platforms, and they're all doing well. Allison, your thoughts? Yeah. No. Well, as as far I was I just want to pick up as far as Michael Shannon is concerned, he's not even quite benign in this either. Remember, I mean, he sings and he he seems like a really nice dad and 
all of that, but he also killed a goat with his bare hands. So but he was drug tripping was out of his he mind. Was he, was he was, but you know, I mean, I don't blame him for that. that. I don't blame him. Although uh, the character's name is Napoleon, so hey, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, and he's also he also has in the last episode now that he has a reason to blame his wife instead of himself. Right. He is being very inflexible about wanting to forgive her. He, he, he just, I mean, all he wanted was forgiveness for himself, but he's not willing to forgive her for something that she may or may not have done because she was tripping too. Um, Well, the thing is, the question is, did she read the label? And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if she did or she didn't. Even if she did read the label, Label drug labels say stuff like that all the time, and mm-hmm. even if she had read the label and it said suicidal ideation, does that mean she doesn't know if that means it could happen if it did happen? And, and then how do you watch your kid twenty four hours a day? You know, yeah, you also can't. if it's like way, 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 way down on the list, then we're talking about a, a, a you know, vanishingly small percentage of people who who that you know have that reaction but they have to list it because it's happened. It may be one person who ever took the drug, but they have to list it. I just think it's, oh. Sorry, no, that's, but so it's not necessary, or it might not have been there at all, and she just, you know, that's her, 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 uh, subconscious Subconscious. trying to blame herself. Um, So we don't know because it was a, it was a drug-induced hallucination that she was having. Um, But I think, you know, I, I think that some people, and and Melissa McCarthy's character pointed this out as well. Um, some people are maybe becoming better, but other people are becoming dangerously worse. Mm-hmm. And um, the I'm now forgetting the name of the character, but Regina the Hall. Uh, Regina Hall's character, yeah, Regina Hall. She um, she is clearly getting worse, and right. and you know Melissa More McCarthy violent and scary. pointed it out yeah. to her. Oh yeah. yeah, she is. She's becoming really kind of terrifying. Um, and we don't know where that's going to go. And instead of really bringing her back, it's it's being pushed even further. Yeah, like let's so, give her more drugs. Yeah, yeah, which is I, not a good idea. I do like the friendship that's developing between her and Lars. Yes, played by by yes. Luke Evans. And I think one of my favorite moments of the entire series so far, and Melissa McCarthy's describing her, her hallucination of a musical number from Cabaret, and he's like. <laughs> We'll come in. No, not that song. This song? I don't even remember that one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> I loved her flicking him into the toilet, too. Yes, that was, nice. that was good. <laughs> All right, well, we got to wrap this one up. Uh, we're saying thumbs up. It, it, I don't know if Nine Perfect Strangers is for everyone, but I do think it's a really amazing character study. And I think that if you watch the first episode, you'll know whether this is the show for you or not. But when it goes dark, it goes dark. I want to say, I just want to jump in because I I bailed. Um, And um, I I think it takes actually more than one to decide if the show is for you. Um, Because I really was kind of iffy. And and I don't hate the show, but... and because of what you guys have all said, I mute, I silenced you, so I don't actually know any of the details, any spoilers. But it sounds like you guys are super enthusiastic, and I like the show well enough, so I'll jump back in. But I just wanted to say, I think they should give it more than one, because it does, you I know, it the, does I turn think into you, something worse. No, I think the tone, you get the tone. Well, the creepiness factor of uh, 
Lord, what is her name? Why am I blanking on her name? The main Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Why can I not think of her name? Her sinister yeah. nature gets more and more developed as you go. That's true. But I feel yeah. like the characters. Yeah. Anyway, I... yeah. But anyway, but we need to move on. I we need to move probably on. Probably at least at least two episodes because in, yeah. in episode two you get more of the tone of what the show is going to exactly. be like. Um, okay. I, I do there's want a to lot say underneath it. I but I got we got to wrap this one up, guys. Me, we, we for gotta... me, it is not a perfect show. But it's it's interesting enough and entertaining enough that I am certainly watching it. All right. Mm. I'll go right. back. Next up, we're going to talk about what we do in the shadows. And when I say we, I mean you guys, because I bailed on that show in season one. No! So, so uh, <laughs> go for it. It premiered and things happened. Yeah. <laughs> wait, is this the first time? We're, wait, is this the first time we're talking about yes. it? I'm sorry. I'm yes, just... for yeah. the new season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Three episodes. Go, go ahead, Allison. It's it's three episodes because they premiered with with two. two, yeah. And the the opening episode I thought was amusing, but probably not their strongest. Although they needed to reestablish, you know, what had happened with last season mm-hmm. and Guillermo, you know, having killed off pretty <laughs> much all the local vampires, um, leaving just them. And so they're they're wondering if they're going to be punished for this, and they end up instead being in charge, which amazed me um so uh, it's it, it that episode i thought was it was well done it was interesting and it sets everything up for this particular season but the really funny episode that they was was the one that followed that with um the oh. the, the cloak and oh God, the i i was i was like in tears i was i was just dying the entire episode that was brilliantly done just the, the con- oh and acted yes because came novak I mean, you know, they used the vo- the voices of of the in- the individual actors. You know, the Matt Berry's voice over his, but he had to do the body language of all the characters, and he did it to a T. Um, and it, that that was just fantastic to watch. It was it was hilarious. Uh, so it's it just having all these different people come in and try to you know impress this girl in their own inimitable way which is really horrible and things just get worse and worse and worse. I love that. That was great. And then finding up he's barking up the wrong tree. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I'm bum. You should expound on that, Tom. Oh, I maybe she, people don't know she what's tells going on. him I like girls. I like girls too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That is so funny. Cause I thought you had moved on to episode three, which I, which maybe I will use this to bridge because <clears throat> I just really want to, I do, I want to mimic what uh, Allison said, because I actually tried to look it up and I want to, um, I want to keep looking. I, it did sound definitely like one of the uh, impressions that he did. Cause you know, he did an impression of all of the different, you know, male characters. I, um, I really, uh, I really, uh, I, there was one of them that it sounded absolutely like a voiceover, but th- there was like one or two where I thought the, the voice or the whatever was a little different. And that's when I was like, oh my God, is he also doing the voices? So no, I'm not did. 100%. They, so they were recorded. It. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say one of them was straight up recording, but I don't know. My, my point is to your point that he did the body language so well that I, it made me believe that it was a full impression. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway, that, that moving on to three though because tom you said he's barking up the wrong tree well he's in love with this woman who's like off and on <clears throat> uh, nandor sorry uh is uh has a old flame that comes back and <clears throat> you know uh, anyway and it turns out that she is a werewolf 
So he is kind of barking up the wrong tree. Um, And, you know, they're mortal enemies and this and that. And so I agree with Allison also. The first episode to me wasn't, you know, just guns blazing, really, really funny. And I got a little nervous. I thought, oh, is is season three going to kind of be a slump for them and, you know, whatever. Um, But by the time three came, and I just have to say, uh, to me, the running gag of that episode where um, uh, Nadia, is it Nadia, the female vampire? I'm terrible with names. Um, they kept saying that she hated his girlfriend, you know, and she, you know, the the conceit is that he she's just concerned for him because he she thinks she's wrong for him or she's not it's not healthy. Um, and so throughout the episode, she keeps saying, "I do not hate the woman," you know, and like <laughs> just because I'm a woman, and they, you know, it was very anti-feminist. It was like, oh, you know, women they fight, and oh, she's jealous and. I, I just thought that was hilarious. I don't know why, but that really... So for me, the show is back, definitely on track. Uh, and I think the um, the the show, really, the plot doesn't matter. It's just them doing them, you know, in, in different circumstances. You know what I mean? And they're just really fun to watch. I think they're very talented. Their, their timing is hilarious. Um, so obviously in a comedy, that's what you need. Like, you really need the beats of the, the actual jokes to, to be funny. And the beats for this show are different. I will definitely say that. It has that uh, mockumentary humor kind of business. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know what I mean? I suggested it to a few friends, and it stuck with one, but the rest didn't like it. And I tried to explain to them. I was like, if you're a fan of the movie, you know, that it kind of gets you into the, 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 the rhythm of it, you know, and the type of humor it is. But the beats for this show are different, you know what I mean? And if you can't get into that, then it's not actually going to be that funny for you, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think they're back on track, and I thought all <laughs> it was fun. All right, let's wrap this one up. Let's wrap this one up. Two and fangs up. Two fangs up. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about What If. And they had two episodes for What If. And both of them, I think, were pretty dark. I was like... Very dark. I was like, come Very on, dark. guys. I don't come to Marvel to get depressed. So the first episode is basically you have Doctor Strange is determined... Instead of losing... Was it before he just lost his hands? And this time he loses his love. And he goes well, it says through, if he lost his heart instead, instead of his hands. hands. Right. So he goes through all of this to try to save his girlfriend to the point of going really dark on the dark side to the point where his arrogance leads to the destruction of the universe, or at least that particular universe. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't see it until it's too late. And I'm just like, I was like, wow. Okay. So that universe basically gets destroyed and blown up. And the next one, everyone gets eaten by zombies. Like what? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> What could happen? What if? What if? I know, but I want a little what if that's not so dark. Because the first couple episodes were great and fun. Actually, the only one that didn't end with nihilism, or at least the the anticipation of nihilism, was the first episode. And everything else has been, but the universe is destroyed. Um, Or everybody dies. I, oh. I will say in the most in the in the most recent one with the zombie where the the very last thing happens, um, and I I will warn I'm going to talk about a spoiler right now. So if you don't want to hear that, you, well, you don't go, listen to the podcast, so go ahead. Don't listen to this. Um, but the very end, they have a continuity error, which makes a big difference because you see the three of them, you know, piloting the quad jet to to wakanda right and and you see zombie fanos stand up with the glove 
And the idea is that, well, he's going to snap, and we know all three of those guys vanish, except for the guy who's just ahead now, so the, the plane is going to crash anyway. Well, yeah, that's um, the whole thing is Thanos has already taken Wakanda, so their whole plan to save the world is screwed. So they're well, not no, going to save right. anything. They're, it's all, they're all dead. Right. It's the end, yes. Well, it, the, the idea, though, is that he's, got, he's going to snap and they're going to crash, so nothing's going to get anywhere except there's a problem. They're holding one of the... They're holding the Mind Stone. They are in possession of the Mind Stone. No, it, so it wasn't. Oh, no, 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 but actually, and, I didn't and, think... And Thanos I, has I didn't think, seen with all of the stones. Right, I understand. I, my thing is, I did not think they were trying to say that he was going to snap. I thought, when I watched that episode... I got the impression that he's taken Wakanda. So even though their mission is we get to Wakanda because Wakanda's safe and it's behind the shield and we'll save yeah. the world. And but no, uh, Thanos is already in Wakanda. You can't save the world. That's how I saw but it. It wasn't about the right. snapping. That's how I, I took, took it. a look that's at it though because I thought maybe that was what they were saying. And that doesn't look like Wakanda behind him. That just looks like a generic. Well, they show, they literally show Wakanda first, like the shield around Wakanda, and then well, they show Thanos. Well, they the shield around it, and it looks like there's zombies trying to get in, but they don't actually show that, you know, there's zombies inside. And I thought you... they did, but it, it, I mean. I thought so, too. Yeah, that was how I thought. I don't know, I thought there was, like, kind of, like, destruction or, like, fire behind him or something, yeah. so I, you know, once we saw well, Thanos, I, mean... so I thought Thanos had fallen. I mean, Well, sorry, let's Wakanda not argue, let's not argue about that. Yeah. Uh, let's so, not, because okay. well, that, that's, that's, but, a... but, I mean, aside from that, okay. yes, it's just this, this nihilistic, you know, approach to all the episodes, so I... it's, it's, except the first one, is the... kind of wearing it, not, I, I would argue hand. that second, number two and three didn't have. Two yeah, was the I was one that Charlie became Star Lord. Yeah, that was fun. I, that was well, a fun then, episode. Then yeah. we find out that because all of that happens, that um, that Ego gets to gets to uh, Peter, who ha- has no, you know, powers or anything else, no idea of what's going on. That's, but that's and still not the destruction of, of the universe. That's not the destruction. No, but he's yeah. trying. But his his end game, e- Ego's end game was to destroy the the entire yes, but universe I think it's by a cliffhanger. Yeah, that felt, yeah, that didn't yeah, feel like nihilistic for me, but it's a nihilistic cliffhanger. It was like, "Oh, and so this the the end of the world is probably going to happen." I mean, yeah, maybe I not. not. I didn't I didn't read it that way. I think I didn't it still it had way. hope. I mean, I think it wasn't as defined as the other ones. I mean, an well, actual collapsing, you know what I mean? Um, it was, they didn't hope. show you absolutely that it happened. They Correct. just said, you know, it was like probably but, right. yeah, but there's a well, hope that it's not. Well, let's have Tom. I, let, let's Tom. Let's, I want to have Tom I, speak. I, I, but, oh, so sorry. Go ahead, Tom. What I thought was interesting is that the Doctor Strange episode dropped a few days before uh, Shang-Chi dropped. And the antagonist in Shang-Chi had a very similar goal, trying to trying to save a loved one. Which leads to no spoilers. things happen. I was about to say, I have, sorry, I haven't no seen spoilers. the movie either. Please, no, no spoilers. I I didn't give. I didn't. I did not spoil it. I just said okay. that's his goal, which we know from the very beginning. Um, so I thought it was interesting that you got this one-two punch, and I don't think that was coincidental because this is Kevin Feige. Marvel zombies, because uh, we had a text thread going uh, before today's podcast. That's a thing. I mean, that's been a thing for years. Initially, when you know, back in the '70s and '80s. The Marvel fans versus DC fans were derogatorily called Marvel zombies. And then Marvel decided, let's capitalize on that 
and they actually cool. have done a co- comic series, plural, and action figures and whatnot with their action characters figure. as zombies. Well, wow. my only thing is, I just, I come to Marvel to feel better, yeah, not worse, and so I've just not been enjoying the What If last few episodes. Well, I- I just want to rebut, I mean, I haven't really said much about the series and you guys have kind of covered it or the episodes, but I I want to rebut that because I don't disagree with that at all, at all, at all. But to me, it seemed kind of obvious. I mean, no, sure. They could have gone with many what ifs, you know, and and still keep it upbeat. But to me, this has always had sort of a a Twilight Zone, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, all those types of shows. Um, And they're usually kind of dark or sinister or, you know, the twist in the Twilight Zone is sort of like, you know, you made yeah, this terrible choice. That's that, you true. Know, that's for Right. That's, so that's I agree for Twilight Zone, that is true, but I did right. not know that for this. If no, I had no, known no. that for this, it would have been different. No, I, I agree again with the, that base statement, but I guess once I figured it out, you know, for me it was like, because they're so hopeful and they're uplifting and you know what I mean? I was like, okay, I see what they're doing now with this series. Like, I agree. I didn't go into it with that. And I would, you know, I would, maybe I would like it, but I don't know. I just, that part doesn't bother me so much uh, because once I realized, oh, okay, they're just kind of going to do the dark side of the moon. You know what I mean? And, and, and I will just finish by saying, I, I did kind of love the zombie episode because, you know, it didn't have the Hollywood ending. Um, and sure, it, it leaned into the, all of the nihilistic blah, blah, blah. But I have to say, if I take that aspect out of it, that, you know, the sadness of it, I just, I kind of loved the different incarnations of the zombies and how they like died and stuff. I mean, let's just talk about that without the emotional impact. I just thought it was fun to see the different types of how they, you know, zombified and then how they acted and then how they were yeah. actually killed. You I know didn't what I mean? Like so that I at just, all. I, I like it. It's just, it's just interesting. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't disagree. It's depressing. And I don't I don't disagree with anything anybody said, but I don't mind it once I realize, okay, this is what I'm getting with this series. You oh. know what I mean? So. All right. Uh, I am not giving it a thumbs up for the last couple. So for me, they're kind of sideways. I like the zombie one. I didn't like the other one. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And they, what were the last two episodes that they dropped? Go ahead, Tom. Oh jeez! I was gonna say nine nine. Oh, going to one was the going to the dude's house for his oh, great God. grand grandpa's funeral thing. Oh right! Well, he no, finds out he's Charles Boyle. He finds Boyle. out he's not a Boyle. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. That's huge. Boyle finds out he's not a Boyle, but he yeah. can open the canister and grandma's secret recipe. So he is a that Boyle, but Our not a Boyle. That was he's the one. He is the, the one. one, the one true Boyle. <laughs> right. That was actually um, pretty good, but it made me feel really bad for Boyle, though. I was like, yeah, oh. Yes. Yes. So, well, I think that, that that's what's, you know, this is the end of the series. So they're just, like, wrapping things up in all different ways. And we know that his entire life through the entire series, you know what I mean? He is absolutely defined by how proud he is to be a Boyle. Right. So, I, again, I'm talking I'm talking about these last two episodes myself in how they're wrapping up the season. Uh, series. Series. You know what I mean? Like, at, sure, as a standalone episode it in and of itself, it's fantastic. And it could absolutely have popped up in season five or four or whatever. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is as we're marching towards the end, I am really enjoying how they are taking each character, kind of finishing their, not finishing their arcs, but just, you know, giving them a nice send off kind of a sort of thing. You know what I mean? And so I think him being so, you know, Boyle being literally his definition throughout the entire series, uh, you know, then there's a niggle. And then it turns out he is absolutely 
you know, the, the, the one, you know, um, I think that that's really great. And I'll let you guys talk about it more. Cause I want to talk about the second episode. Well, that's all I had to say about that one. So go ahead oh, and talk about the second episode. I mean. Oh, okay. Well, I loved, um, there are a few, I'm just going to point out a few things. First of all, I loved that, uh, like Tom said, they had to sneak into the basement. They were dressed as cable, um, operators. Uh, oh and yeah. They, oh my God. They, Holt, Holt doing a strip tease for the woman upstairs yes, was hilarious. He's going sis. Yes. He's going sis porn, not just regular sis, but like porn. Because in the beginning of the episode, they set up this whole thing about porn and um remember they're having a wedding this was right. great they're having a wedding and and uh he you know he's doing computer work or whatever and then you know he's trying to like explain what he's doing and he's like oh i'm watching porn you know <laughs> crazy right it's just crazy and then you know and then he and then he blames you know um uh oh, jesus i can't even remember jake you know uh and he's like he's watching porn but to me the funniest was him playing a cis porn guy trying to seduce the grandmother you know and he's wearing a jumpsuit and he's pulling down the zipper and so they're just, <laughs> it's wild everything is just crazy wild they're barreling towards the end and then the other one the other cute moment for me was when um amy and they were and terry were on that sting you know and she like freaks out and then does she faint or something i don't remember but he picks her up you know, and then oh, right. the and she's like, please right? pick me up again. Yes. Yeah. And then she raises her arms up like she's doing some sort of a cheerleading move or something. No, like, she's like a baby. She's like, pick me up. No, no, but no. But I mean, yes, right. Exactly. But her arms are straight up in the air. And then he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, can you carry me again? It was so comforting, you know? <laughs> I was just, uh, lots of, yeah, it's great. You know, sometimes series lose steam, you know what I mean? And I, I, I feel pretty confident they're going to land this plane. You know what I mean? They have, I, they haven't missed a beat going towards the end. It's bittersweet for sure. Cause we all love this show, but I say for a final season, they're hitting it out of the park and I just, it's still really funny. They're wrapping things up. It's poignant. Uh, oh, in the last episode, uh, Amy gets her promotion, you know, so all she's, right rewarded for all the hard work her again her character throughout the series she's been shy and uh you know under kind of performs and you know blah 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 so she's blossomed fully you know what i mean so again yeah. they're finishing her arc it's great i think they're just doing what you want a final season to do and i really really i feel pretty confident that they're gonna do what we want for the final episodes which is next week oh tom real quick I, this ensemble is so good. I think we forget sometimes it's that little show that could, and they switch networks and yeah. didn't miss a beat. And yeah. I hope they get some Emmy love for this final season. Cause they really deserve it. Yeah. Or, or some SAG after love. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about C and I'm one episode behind. So we're only going to talk about, I know, uh, though I'm actually kind of happy because that means next week I get to watch two back to back and that makes me happy. Yeah. But Something monumental happens in I'm sure it two. does. Stuff monumental happens in all the episodes. But in episode two, uh, basically uh, Baba Voss is still prisoner and is getting tortured and tortured and tortured by uh, Dave Bautista's character. And they tell you a little bit more about why. And when he describes what Baba Voss was like when they were kids growing up, I was like, oh my God, like he sounds like a monster. You're going to find out the whole truth in episode three. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Um, but I knew they could, that he couldn't be prisoner for very much longer because watching him just get tortured forever is not that entertaining. <laughs> yeah, and... This ain't Game of Thrones. I know. 
right? Because I was like, how long are we going to do this torture thing? Um, but then his daughter uh, is with, basically makes a girlfriend. I like her yep. girlfriend, though. Uh, and they become friends or whatever, and then they, that's how everybody, you know, our escape thing happens. And so it, the, the second episode is really just about the big escape. And, oh, and they take, uh, what's his name? Um, the Witchfinder General. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's oh, I forgot his yeah, name. Um... I forget his name. Anyway, uh, but oh, what was crazy oh, is I remember in season one when he gets killed and they leave him in that burning. Yes, Not there to... you go. Uh, when they leave him in the burning building, I was like, is he dead? Is he not dead? Like, the, it was just the way they framed the shot. They, like, the camera came around him, and he's, like, propped up. But he doesn't quite look dead, but he looks kind of dead, and the building's on fire. And I was like, is he dead? Is he not dead? Are we supposed to think he's dead? So him showing up here, I mean, there's no explanation how he got from that burning building to being a prisoner, but whatever, I don't care. I like the, I like his character pairing up with Papa Voss and the team and being like, well, you're the husband of my queen, so I'm going to protect you now and protect the children because they're now royalty. So that's my job. So I thought oh. that was interesting. Speaking of the queen, oh. for me, yes, I know we're supposed to hate her. I really hate what she's doing with her voice. Yes. It, it's just, it's like... It's like Luna Lovegood from the Harry Potter movies, as if she was an evil witch. And yes. like, I don't—I feel no, like someone should have you... told her to stop it. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, somebody should—you know—damage her vocal cords or something. <laughs> someone should punch her in the throat. <laughs> yeah, try throat. I do like Tom Mizen and his his machinations because it's interesting. Even blind, you can see the wheels turning. He's trying to figure out I'm on my side, but I will ally with whomever allows me to win. Right. And F anybody else. So I, I don't, but the problem with that storyline is I genuinely don't care. Anything dealing with the queen makes me so irritated. I just don't care about any of it. None of it. Well, really? cuz I I like I I like her character. I mean, she's she's a good villain as far as I'm concerned. As far as her voice is concerned, her I know voice. she's from Well, she's from the Netherlands, so she has a weird accent when she speaks English anyway. Um and I think that's part of it. But yeah, she is she is trying, I think more than in season 2 than in season 1 to make herself seem just like unhinged. And that's that's part of it because, you know, she's She's just out there, and so I it, maybe it's she's trying a little too hard, but yes. um, I it it kind of works for me. It's it's okay I, as long as it's balanced with an actor who isn't doing that kind of thing. I like her scenes with Tom Meisen a lot. Um, I I like any scenes with Tom Meisen. <laughs> I was gonna say you just love Tom Meisen. <laughs> that is true. Well, that is good. true. That's you know, funny. Good. Good. I mean, Tom Meisen is a good actor. Yeah, I'm not. He is. He's excellent. He is. But I feel like her my irritation with the Queen is so much that I can't even enjoy him when he's talking to his brother. The scenes are fine. Like I I have no problem when he's talking to his brother, and then when he's talking to Magra, that's fine. But whenever he's talking to the queen, all I hear is la 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 and I can't I can't I can't. Well I'll give it I'll give her though that she she did kill boots. So yeah, when she know, kills boots, she that was good. Right he there. is a fool after she kills the you know, the midwife or whatever, the yeah. nurse, 
and he's a fool to stick around. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. you can see she is not well. From her. And, and my thing is, when Boots switched loyalties, he's an idiot because she crazy. Well, first yeah. of all, he was Boots was like loyal to Magra, and Magra had been like, "Fine, you're my second in command." Magra was on the verge of becoming the queen, which would have made him the second in command to the queen. And then the, yeah. the, 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 the other woman was like, isn't it better to be the second in command of a queen versus a princess? I was like, dude, wait five minutes and you'll still be second in command of a queen. Seriously. And so, and so he brought that on him. Absolutely no Yeah, sense. he brought that so on himself. Yeah, the only thing that I could, I could justify it with is that he also was just so unhinged that you know it, and and not very smart he was that, not that smart it could it, you know i could i could believe it yeah. now i i since i wasn't here for like the, any discussion of the earlier episodes um i do want to say um i i really love that they've they've really corrected certain things that annoyed me in the first season they seem to have much better body language in season two um but you know trying to to give the impression of blind people they really have leaned into it this year so that they don't look like you know they just can move around like daredevil um (laughs) i mean they're they're still doing insane things which which i you know stretches credulity but their body language while they do it sells it it's like you can see them hearing for you know things around them and and having to be more careful and also moving their heads more because blind people are not really aware of of their body language and how it translates to other to sighted people so they tend to have like weird facial expressions and they move their heads you know to stay balanced really and and you know those are kind of things that that they didn't do in season one that they are doing season two that I really really like and and the costume designer too one thing that bugged me in season one is how is it that people are color coordinated how is that? <laughs> um, and and now they're doing much better with the costumes where they just seem like they're thrown together at random much more than they were before and I really really like that that. detail and they do great details on this show right and i have to say batista is a much better villain than the queen that's all oh Uh, i love batista anyway he's fantastic right so i i enjoy the antagonism between the two characters and then in the second episode where the daughter is almost gonna he was like i'm gonna keep the daughter as a broodmare and make me sighted on a sighted army and then i'll Uh kill her and then and then there's that really creepy moment where she's chained up and he's like, oh, don't worry. It's not going to be your uncle that does it. He's like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to leave it to this other dude behind me. And I was like, does that make it better? That's not better. I was like, I don't I feel like that doesn't make it better, uncle. Um, Thankfully, girlfriend to the rescue. Yes. 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 But all of that was just like, ugh, super disturbing. But in a, in a good way that told the story that made Batista... Uh, interesting villain enough that I want to know more about him. I want to know more about their relationship and I can't wait to see them fight. I pay money. Need to see it now. Well, you you saw a little bit of them fighting, but it was just very (laughs) one-sided. Yeah. All right. But let's wrap this up. Thumbs up for C and next week we'll do two episodes because I'll be caught up. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about lower decks and uh, this is been fun i mean i'm enjoying lower decks 
And I feel like I should start keeping count to how many inside jokes that they have on the show. Uh, because I'm like, does everybody get these? Like, the references are very specific to Star Trek fans. And I find it amusing. And I really want to be like, let's... I want to have, like, me and one other Star Trek fan watch an episode and we count up how many inside jokes we get to see if... Well, uh, there's going to there's gonna be tons of them. I know, but it's great. I love it. Uh, but this week's... I, I'm gonna say... Okay, yeah. you're going to say what? No, I just wanted to back you up and say, you know, you you guys know I'm the the least enthusiastic about the series, and I think last week I I kind of you know said okay, you know what I mean? Maybe maybe I was a little wrong about the show. I still don't love it, but I'm gonna say I just want to interrupt by saying interject by saying yeah, that is my favorite part of the show. I mean, and they're kind of deep cuts, some of them. Yeah, you know they're I mean? really oh, deep yeah. inside jokes, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So so, so as a super Star Trek fan, then I feel like even more gratified, kind of like, uh-huh, I'm in on this one, you know, and that one too. And so, yeah, so I, I'll, I, you guys talk about the episodes. I don't even kind of remember what happened, honestly. Well, the, Go ahead. Go ahead, the, the first one is the Mugato episode, uh, Mugato Gamato. Right. I just love... For me, that had some deep cuts when the Heferingi, and then one of the one of the crew members says, "Oh, y'all are some of those last outposts for Ingi, which <laughs> Yeah, was epi- which was the first episode of TNG they introduced. And then Quark, they re- they they yeah, reference Quarks. Quarks yeah, Quarks, yeah. Reference, uh, they reference Quark, uh, but the solution was very amusing. I mean, for me, the reason the the reason this show works is they keep it just grounded enough it's not so far out farce that you could do it live action it would be really expensive because of the effects but that and the characters yeah I, and then i like the new one uh the everybody's trying to get into the party like the the, the extra special all captains party and they were like, you should just impersonate your twin your, your, <laughs> your clone so that was so great um just and the, it was sweet. Yeah, the, it was it was sweet about the, them the, all the hanging out together. Bar. Yeah, yeah. No, but out. I loved how they ended it because they, you know, the, the it was like their Kirk and Spock's name were like, you know, they etched it in a tree. You know, it was etched in the bar or whatever. Right. And then at the very end, you know, they they had the two the two main characters had etched their names in it. You know what I mean? And you know, I just thought that was sweet. It brought a little sweetness to the show because to me, the show is incredibly silly you know, and really light. And, you know, I just to Tom's point about, I know that we, some several of us started out hating Orville and still hate it. And then others of us kind of came around to it. I sort of feel like when Tom says it could be like a live action thing, I feel like it would be in the vein of Orville, which is like an homage, but like kind of quirky and funny and, you know what I mean, offbeat, you know? So I feel like Orville already does it. Um, but, but I, I, I will say these last two episodes have definitely turned me into like a, okay, like, yay, it's on. Let me just watch it and, and count all the Star Trek jokes. So, you know. Was it the Mugato episode that had the running gag where they thought that, um, oh, that the lead was section 32? Yes. 31. Yeah. I thought. Is it section 31? Or... Black Ops. Section Black 31. Ops? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. 31. That was the one where she started the rumor herself. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, and the bartender's a big old gossip, we find out. Yeah, yeah that was, yeah, it's all wacky fun. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap this up. And uh, thumbs up from us. Uh, next up, we're going to sure. talk about Ted Lasso. And we have two episodes to talk about for Ted. What was the, f- I remember what the most recent one was. What was the one before? Um, oh, which, where Roy 
accepts the job as the uh, or it's his first full episode as a coach. Is it? Yeah, I think that's the one. And which Majigger Nate feels a little left out. What am I supposed to do? Oh, that's the one where Nate's a jerk. Yeah. He reveals how much of a terrible person he is. Because at first he starts going off on one of the players, and Colin. Coach Coach Beard catches him and makes him basically apologize. And then something, and then he gets some negative reviews on his Twitter, and then goes to the towel guy and just eviscerates him. It's just terrible. Nate, they've shown signs that Nate's self-esteem issues comes out as bullying if he thinks he can get away with it. And just because he got caught and Coach Beard made him apologize does not make it that he's over that and that that's they oh, no. they haven't dealt no, with no. the core issues i think nate's a terrible person personally um, see i i don't and i don't think that nate is terrible i think that nate is wounded i think that he's he's got psychological problems due to what his father has yep. done to him he's he's never shown him any admiration no respect no real love um he doesn't he doesn't care about anything that his son does in fact he 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 actively resents it and um, and belittles anything that his his son accomplishes. And you do you know, we see a tiny bit of that, but you have to imagine what that does to a person over a lifetime. Nate has absolutely zero self-esteem. And I, unlike I in the agree. movies, unlike yeah. in the movies where that usually comes out as just somebody being shy and withdrawn, it can also result in people being really nasty because they have they have no self-esteem. So every time they feel they're being attacked, they lash out, or at least they but, lash but out the th- at those they but believe. That's how bullying yeah, works. Darn that's how bullying. Yeah, works. I mean, and that's why I'm saying I still think it makes him a terrible person. Just because the things happened to him and made his self esteem bad doesn't excuse him for his behavior. And, no, I'm not excusing it. I'm not excusing it at all. I th- and yeah. and it shouldn't be because he should not be victimizing other people just because he's right. a victim. But I think that I think that he is not at root a bad person. He well, is acting out in bad ways because he has psychological problems. Let, and let I, me think, tag I think this, this this series will address that. Yeah. Let me tag in from Allison, and then I'll I want to I want to continue the dad theme into the next episode. Yes. And yes. then y'all can talk about the big reveal of uh, who are the little, who are the, who's contacting whom on the, <laughs> on the, uh, on the social media. I'm a day, I'm bantered. I thought that the next episode did a great job carrying over this theme of fathers and sons when Sam gets a call from his dad saying that the company, that the, the parent company of their former sponsor has stopped doing bad things to the environment in his home country and how proud he is of him for taking a stand. And then there's some good father and son natured, you know, it's like, you know, I, you know, I could only do that because you raised me white. Yes, you, yes, I did. And then, um, Jamie Tart, Jamie Tart overhears. And then we get exposed to, we find out that one of the reasons he's a horrible person is he had a horrible father. And they we, hinted at that. Yeah, they well, told us they that. Hinted at it. They, they did that in season one. We, we get so to you see got a chance to see his father. We get to see, we get to see the father and his friends, and it's the big game, and then they, it, it's a blowout against them, and then his father, uh, I think it was Man United? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. which is a powerhouse team in real life. So yeah. his father comes back just to kind of rub it in his face to berate him, and they have to kick him out of the room, 
And then I just love that that Roy just instinctively after the two men have had such animus be- between them, Roy just over goes over to him and gives him a hug. And yeah, Jamie that, was right that was that great. That was great. And, that was, and that then was we also wonderful. finally find out the cause of Ted's panic attacks because yeah. he's, having, he's yeah. having separation issues with his son being still in the States. And then he finally, he and Dr. Sharon reach a truce where she kind of meets him halfway and tells, tells him that after her accident at the beginning of episode, I think it's, it's eight. the same episode. Yeah. The same episode. Oh yeah. It's the same episode. But at the beginning of the episode, she got hit, she got hit on her bike and was kind of afraid to get back on it. And she confides to him and at the very end of the episode, he confides to her that his dad committed suicide when he was a kid, leaving him and his mom alone. And it was just, it's interesting that Ted has crafted this whole happy-go-lucky, uber-positive persona, but it's concealing this deep wound. Right. And I, I love this show, and all these idiot critics who are saying, second season's not as good, you're wrong. <laughs> you're not watching enough. <laughs> What they've done is gone deeper inside of yeah. each of the characters and yes. broadened the scope of the characters yeah. on the playing field. And I just yeah. think it's a brilliant job. I, I, I agree. I thought, it was, I thought it was wonderful. And all the little details that they do, you know, leading up to everything, and they'll, they'll drop something in one episode or even one season and bring it up in the, in the next. Um, you know, as far as Jamie's father is concerned, another detail that, that makes you realize that this is just going to turn so bad is he when he shows up in in his seats that he got from his son's team? He doesn't show up in his son's colors. Ugh. He's not in there. To, he is dressed from top to toe in Manchester United's colors, and I, just like he's prepared from the beginning in case his son happens to see him in the stands. He's Ugh. he's just it's like this this knife to the gut. That's that's what he lives for. And and he's he's just this absolutely horrible human being. So it comes to head in the in the locker as his son is telling him, "You can't talk to me like that." And he barely chokes it out the first time. And it finally builds up to you know the, the father keeps escalating until he deservedly punches him, and, yes. and gets thrown in the locker room. But the the fact that Roy can't, who who was the the person he was most at odds with in the last season. And who had a horrible childhood himself. So he knows the kind of wounds that he's, yeah. he's watching. Yeah. It is so powerful, so powerful when, when he yeah. comes over and is the one to hold him and hug him. I want to jump on what Tom and both of you guys are saying. I think it's, ju- it's not even just fathers and sons. They're all damaged. You know what I mean? Like there's, um, you know, there's the, I mean, it's about the damage. Like the, the doctor, right? You, you go into her apartment and you see all these empty bottles of wine. You know yes. what I mean? So like clearly she's like damaged and we don't know about that. You know, um, the, uh, God, I, I have already forgotten. I was so agreeing with everything you guys said. I was just like, <laughs> I, forgot what I, was so, I was like, yes, and that, and that. Ted, anyway, Rebecca. There, there are other characters. Yes, you know, and it just, the show is really about the damage and the frailty. I mean, mixed in with the positives, which I will I will pivot to. We forgot to talk about this, and we forgot our, our favorite couple, Roy and Keeley, in the, you know, the <laughs> two episodes ago where it was adorable when Roy was, like, Velcro to her, you know? And, um... <laughs> And she couldn't stand it anymore. And it was just, I don't remember any of the jokes or whatever, but it was adorable. And then um, he was listening to the team or something, talking about 
you know, giving space to somebody. Oh, right. It was, a again, a soccer reference about giving someone space on the field, you know, to do whatever. Again, it's brilliant. They, you, they throw in soccer. We don't ignore, they don't ignore that this is a show about soccer. And then he learns, he has his epiphany on the field. He's like, oh, I got to give her space and then come on the whole draw bath with the roses and the thing and the thing. It's just, you know, it's so great to see him be so gruff. You know, he's like a, a hard on the outside, so soft on the inside. We love their relationship. So I just wanted to throw well, you know, well, some props we're talking, to that. We're talking relationships. We got to talk about Rebecca and Sam. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I'm leaving that for you. I'm leaving that for you, Livia, because I think you're going to be the most passionate about it. Like, I'm not, it, I don't so. know about passionate because I was the one who said I didn't think that would work. No, and, passionately hating it. No, oh, well, I don't know if I hate it. I, I don't know how I, I feel know. about it. Mainly yeah. because I don't know if Rebecca knows how she feels about it. And Unless she I thinks mean, she's a pedophile. <laughs> He's of legal age. Like, there is no problem you. aside from the fact that she's ultimately his, his boss. Yes. Yes. But when she said, "Oh my God, I've been grooming you," I was like, "Oh." <laughs> oh. So it was kind so, of like not I, really at all. I, I like that Sam is like he takes her no and is suddenly like, oh, "Okay, the no's fine, but we can have dinner, right?" And then she's like, yeah, fine. He, then he walks her home, and she's like, you're not coming in. He goes, oh, that's fine. And then he very casually He's leans a in. He's player. Yeah, he definitely had game. Oh, he had he a lot game. of game. He had a game. Like, I thought the so funniest because you know he's so sweet and soft spoken and so polite. And then as the scenes are building, and he, you know, he ingratiates himself in this and that, I was like, dang, he a player. <laughs> he know what he's doing. And then he, he sends her the home. text with her his address on it, and he's standing outside her door. That, that was, was that was perfect. That was perfect. I haven't seen that in a romantic comedy. I was like, nice. I yeah. was like, no, but just to, to your point, Livia, I think she does start to know, like at the, the very end of the scene, you know what I mean? At the very, the very, the last scene at the very end of the episode, you know, she's leaning against the door and she's got that kind of smile, excitement, glow in her eyes. So I do think she now realizes how she feels about him. You know oh, what I mean? I'm not, so, I'm not disagreeing that she feels so... I'm saying I don't know how I feel about it. That's what I was right, saying. Because right. you're like, yeah, you're, you're the one that's going to hate it. And I was like, do I hate it? I don't know. Like, no, I thought I was going to hate it. But well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, before. they just did. They did Very a really answer. good job with it. They did. They did a better job than I thought they were going to do. Like, yes. I didn't expect this. I thought they were going to see each other, freak out, and then that would be the end. Excellent point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that she came around when she saw what he had to say about the game. We gave it at our all, and that's the best we could do. But if we hadn't, you know, if we hadn't gotten here, we wouldn't have known. And, you know, even though I don't think ultimately this relationship is going to work out, I think that it's interesting that they had the cojones to let her have a fling with a much younger man sure. who, who dotes on her intellectually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They yes. form yeah, this relationship that. online because of their humor and their their mind and their, you know, I, I think it's fascinating. And that actor is so winsome. I mean, you know, he's so that great. actor yes. has game. I think he could be the next Oyelowo or, I mean, I think he's going to go, I think he was going to explode after the show because he's charming and a good, I love the running gag about his haircut. Oh, the haircut! They were like, <laughs> "This game is terrible," but his haircut is amazing. 
Yeah. All right. Any last comments before we wrap this up? Anybody? One last thing? Anything? All right. So we're definitely giving the last two episodes thumbs up. This was fantastic. Ted Lasso. I finally got my mom to watch it, but she was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Also, she's not watching with subtitles, so she's missing half the conversation. I was like, Mom, I'm going to oh, get you subtitles. That's a lot of jokes. It's deep. I know. You gotta, I was like, you gotta do, especially with the accent. Yeah. You gotta do subtitles. And that's what I told her. I was like, we're going to work out the subtitles for you, Mom. All right. So, thumbs up from us. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, on TV Campfire at GMod.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on SciFi.Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Goodbye.